Golden candlestick. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold of beaten work shall a candlestick be made. Its shaft and branches, its bowl, its knot, and its flower shall be of the same. And six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Three bowls made like unto almonds with a knot and a flower in one branch. And three bowls made like almonds in the other branch with a knot and a flower. So in the six branches that come out of the candlestick. And in the candlestick shall be four bowls made like unto almonds with their knots and their flowers. And there shall be a knot under two branches of the same, and a knot under two branches of the same, and a knot under two branches of the same, according to the six branches that proceed out of the candlestick. Their knots and their branches shall be of the same, and shall all be of one beaten work of true gold. And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof, and they shall, that they may give light over against them. And the tongs thereof, and the snuff dishes thereof, shall be of pure gold. And a talent, of a talent of pure gold shall he make it with all these vessels. And look that thou make them after the pattern that shall show to the mouth. Okay, and so we uh, have our golden candlestick, move past the brazen altar, brazen laver, into the uh, holy place itself, and there uh, to our left is the uh, golden candlestick. Uh, each one of these, uh, uh, of the, each one of the seven uh, arms of that, uh, or really the one shaft and the six branches, to be more accurate, would have a uh, thing on top, uh, like a, an almond that would hold oil. It'd be a wick coming out of it that would burn with a flame. Uh, and then there is a design around this that uh, gives this an appearance of a flower, appearance of fruit, and so every branch is like that. Can someone, uh, or can we perhaps get some of the important uh, ideas uh, or uh, particular characteristics of this uh, golden candlestick? What was the golden candlestick made out of? One hunk of gold. Okay. Uh, have a big... Uh, I don't know if they started off with this big brick. said gold on it. But uh, this was uh, 125 pounds of gold. And it was made out of one. They could not just break it up, melt it down, and attach certain things. The intricate things of this had to be beaten out, and so one 125-pound uh, chunk of gold that was turned into that golden candlestick. Amen. And uh, this uh, so was worth a significant amount of money. It was a very beautiful piece and uh, one that functioned to do what in the holy place? What was its purpose? Bill? Okay, to give light. The purpose here is for light. And 
This we looked at is a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. What are, uh, how did we arrive at that? Can anybody remember at some of the uh, things we looked at that uh, gave us as this could be a picture of the church of Jesus Christ? Okay. And so the way that it is described, it is a candlestick uh, with a shaft. And this is basically the description of the candlestick itself is this right here. But attached to that are these branches that are attached to that. They're made of one piece. They are one, as we have said, and they give light. And uh, is there significance to the number of branches? Someone else besides Brother Victor. Kathy? Okay, six is the number of man. Sixth day, man was created, 666, Antichrist. Uh, and so we have six branches, a picture of man, and then the picture, uh, then this being Christ. So together, we have uh, seven, which is the number of perfection. And so joined together with Jesus, uh, we have the picture of perfection in the church. You and I, uh, that's not how we live necessarily, that we're perfect, but through Jesus, uh, there is a perfection that we have in standing before God. All right. And so this is a picture of the church, that the church is uh, uh, people who are uh, who grow from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is the uh, idea that we have here. Now, this, as we've said, was to give light. This was its sole purpose. This is what it was there for. Many people say we are the people of God. We are the church. We are the uh, God's people and uh, have a number of reasons why they make that declaration. But we see that God's purpose was to, in, in the candlestick, was to form a uh, to form a thing that would give light and you and I as the church of Jesus Christ are being formed as uh, we give light and so we can say that we're the church we can say that we're the people of God but if that is not our primary focus if that's not our primary aim to bring light to the world then you and I would have uh, uh, we would be hard-pressed to prove that we are the people of God. We can say that all we want, but it is those who give light, who do truly express that they are the people of God. Amen. And so we want to uh, see God shapes us uh, that we might be a invasion of redemption in the earth. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. If someone could find that for us, Bob Corsi. Someone over here, Brother Mike, uh, Acts 2, 1 through 3. So we see this, the, this experience brought to the church at Pentecost. The oil and the uh, in the lampstand we saw was uh, a type of the Holy Spirit. And so this 
begins to happen and begins to uh, come to fulfillment uh, in the book of Acts uh, and Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Okay, and then Acts chapter 2, read 1 through 4. Okay, here we have some of the people in the upper room. Uh, we'd have 120 all together. And so what happens is that there is, a, uh, there is the appearance of flame, and then it sits upon each one of them. Cloven tongues like as of fire that come upon each of the uh, people, the 120 that were in the upper room. And at that point, we find the, uh, the uh, fulfillment uh, of the prophetic uh, aspect of that candlestick. The candlestick that uh, burned with light, uh, that burned with a revelation of the uh, will and the purpose of God in reality, now is passed from a simple uh, piece of furniture in the tabernacle and is now passed uh, to men. Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But now ye are the light of the world. And this uh, uh, revelation now is given to men. This is uh, significant. You know, we cannot uh, treat this too lightly, that now the light has come to rest upon men that... Being to be filled with the Holy Ghost is not simply so you and I can have some charismatic convention or we can fill our notebooks with charismatic teaching. Uh, that, that's not why we were filled with the Holy Ghost. It was to bring light to the world. You shall be witnesses unto me after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why did they get filled with the Holy Ghost? Not to sit in the upper room. Not to have uh, afterglow services and, and, uh, and uh, how wonderful it is to uh, be charismatic and spirit-filled. And, and isn't this great? Uh, but to go into the world and bring the light of the revelation of God to the earth. That's why people are to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the church is called to bear light. Amen. Now, the picture that we have of the uh, candlestick in uh, this passage, it says, And uh, the candlestick shall have be four bowls made like unto almonds, and their knops, and their flowers, and uh, the picture of pomegranate. So we've got flowers, we have almonds, and we've got pomegranates. And these are all uh, there in the candlestick. And perhaps someone could tell us what God is. God has not only called the church to bear light, but what is something else that we could say that the God has called the church to bear? Bear fruit. Amen. 
that the God has ordained that we bear fruit. That's the teaching of John chapter 15, that uh, as long as we are in Jesus Christ, that we bear fruit. I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. So you can say that you're the church of Jesus Christ. We can say that, that we are the candlestick. We are the, the people of God. But God's purpose is fulfilled in a people who will bear fruit. That if there is life, then there will be fruit. Amen. And so fruit is not proselytes. Proselytes is, is waxed fruit on your table. Amen. <laughs> Looks like fruit, but that's not what you and I are called to. Say, oh yeah, we're bearing fruit. We started this church in, in 1980, and uh, since that time we've tripled the size of our assembly. We're running all of these people, but nobody's been saved. You've just simply taken people from other churches. All the church growth books that you read, they're not about getting people saved. They're basically talking about how to get uh, the people in town that already go to church to go to your church. That's not a candlestick. That's not the call of the people of God. You and I are called to get people saved, to bear fruit, life, to see people born again. That's the call of the church of Jesus Christ. See, this is, a, uh, this is the picture that uh, is here. It is of uh, bearing fruit. Uh, and not only are we to bear the light, uh, but as we bear light, uh, then it also uh, will, uh, will cause us to bear fruit. As the light will shine in the candlestick, then it will shed its light and will reveal and will bring to light the fruit that is in the candlestick. You and I, that is how we see, uh, uh, that's how we see the fruit come, is not by putting our light under a bushel, not by hiding it, not by putting it under a bed, but uh, proclaiming it, releasing it in the community, getting it outside of the four walls, and then and only then will the fruit come to light. Then will the fruit be born, but not until. Okay, just at that point, if there are any questions or comments that we have before we go on to something else. Jeff? Well, the picture that you have in the almonds is one of the significant pictures of fruitfulness in, in the Bible. You remember uh, the uh, rebellion uh, against uh, Aaron. And uh, a number of the uh, people of the other tribes rose up and uh, they said, you know, you've given too much to Aaron. What makes you think that Aaron's the guy that, uh, uh, that's supposed to be the leader? Uh, what makes him the priest? And so uh, Moses said, okay, uh, each one of you get a stick. 
So they each got a stick and they put them in the tabernacle overnight. There are 12 of them. And I've, I guess they marked them. One was for such and such a tribe. One was for the other. The other was for Aaron's tribe, for the Levites. And overnight, that uh, brought forth uh, leaves. It brought forth a bud. And it brought forth an almond by the morning. And what that picture is, is that God will vindicate his man through fruitfulness. It's a picture of fruitfulness, and that's how God will vindicate his man. And so almonds are another picture of fruitfulness. See, if you're uh, wondering, people uh, that you're attempting to lead, uh, they don't respect you. Uh, they don't give you the, the honor that you deserve in your high and exalted position as, as HCF leader or, or music group leader. And, and uh, they don't show you necessary deference and all the rest. Uh, you just don't worry about that. You just serve God and let God vindicate your life through fruitfulness. That'll show whether you've got the goods or not. Not how well you speak. Not your 18-cylinder personality. Not the fact that you've got, uh, uh, you know, you've got 17 people that go to your HCF and, and everybody else has 12. But it's a thing of fruitfulness. God will vindicate you through fruitfulness. Amen. Good question. Anybody else? Comment just there before we move on. Dennis. Amen. Amen. That God is not, uh, uh, you know, just uh, there's a big think tank in heaven, you know, and as the ages roll by, you know, it's time for a new plan. It's time for, you know, they just huddle around and, and think of this is a this is a process that they say this is what's so powerful. You, you can read all kinds of things and everything is interpreted uh, that, that the tabernacle and all that's in it is pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus. Well, that's wonderful. And much in the tabernacle does point to Jesus. But what is so awesome, what is so powerful, what is so convicting is that in the process, God is also pointing to the church. That's heavy duty. That God not only had the plan of a Messiah, but He had a plan of a redeemed community to reach the world. And so the church of Jesus Christ has been in the plan of God from the beginning of time. The local assembly has been God's plan to reveal His will and purpose in reality since the beginning of time. That's the heavy shock. All the way back in the tabernacle, God had in mind you and I as being the vessels of what God would do in the earth. That's a heavy shot. That's a really heavy shot if you're not locked into a local church. If you think that it's just you and Jesus, then you've missed out on the plan of God for the last days. You've missed out on the plan that God's had since the beginning of time. It's right here. Bill. Amen. Good. Excellent. Anybody else? Rob. Amen. See, the, there's something about the almond. I forget exactly the uh, exactly how it works. 
but there is a picture of a uh, of a fast uh, or a rapidly maturing thing and so it's also a picture of acceleration in fruitfulness that's good amen Mike Amen. Amen. Yeah, that if you're a saint that doesn't want to get your hands dirty, then you'll never be fruitful. Amen. Uh, Sister Bernier, amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Sister Melanowski? Uh-huh. Praise God. Excellent thought. Was there another hand over here? George? Uh-huh. Good. Yeah, that thought of acceleration. Morgan? Yes. Amen. But the light, and this uh, you'll re remember Pastor Mitchell's uh, teaching from the mysteries of God, the light is not resident in the church. Okay? The light is needs to constantly, the oil needs to be constantly filled. The great deception of all church history, perhaps the greatest, is that somehow that light or truth is resident in the church. That somehow you and I need to do something that will protect truth that will uh, that it's resident within us and this is cause this is foisted the bible schools the seminaries the theological uh, heresy all kinds of things because truth has not been seen as something that must be constantly alive and on fire as you and I are involved in bringing light to the world and uh, that's a significant significant truth Amen. What, what good is all that new oil if we are burning it off anyway? Amen. Right. Excellent. Okay, and so if we are inside of this uh, holy place, this is wonderful. Uh, we, we've got the uh, things that are functioning here, but with no light, the beauty is lost. All that God would like to, to, for us to know and see is lost. With no light, this is a darkened place. If you and I live our Christian experience, live our life without bringing light to the world, then our Christian experience becomes an unlovely experience. Ours, it lacks the beauty that God would have. We become ingrown, we become self-centered, we become concerned with polishing the lampstand rather than burning the oil. And you can polish it and highly polish it and, uh, and uh, you know, wear out uh, laborers keeping it polished, but if the light's not burning, who can tell? There's no beauty unless you're giving light to the world, unless you're bringing the revelation of God to the earth. Amen. So, uh, the wicks, we can have a picture of the wicks, can be a, a picture of the believer. Many people think that this is uh, the wicks themselves that are being burned. 
that are involved in giving themselves, being consumed to give light to the world. It's a picture of self-sacrifice. That I give my life and I allow myself to be burned and, to, uh, and sacrifice myself to bring light to the world. See, some say, well, I, I, you know, I'd rather, uh, uh, you know, burn out than rust out. And, uh, and uh, then people say, well, uh, you know, I hear people say I'd rather burn out than rust out. And then they say, well, whichever way uh, you're out. The only problem is, is that you've got to go out some way anyways. If you don't burn out or you don't rust out, somehow you won't go out. No, we're all going out. Amen. We've all got our three score years and ten or whatever that may be. And if we're, go we're going out, let's go out burning. Amen. Let's not worry that, uh, uh, that we're going to burn out. Every one of us is going out. Nobody's got uh, the fountain of youth. Amen. So the witness brings the beauty and light to the church. There is, uh, without it, it is unattractive. There is no other light that uh, comes into this tabernacle. There are no windows. There is no light at all. No earthly light whatsoever that brings light to this, uh, to this building. There is no natural light. See, people would love to give a natural beauty to their assemblies. Natural, let's, uh, uh, let's put some flowers, let's get the, some stained glass windows and, and uh, uh, let's get some, uh, some uh, beautiful uh, uh, pews or all kinds of things and let's just make this place really feel uh, holy. Let's make this place really feel spiritual by uh, putting some crosses up and a uh, few uh, uh, depictions of uh, uh, saints and other things uh, and to bring a natural beauty. Let's bring some, some programs. Let's get a, a sharp personality in here and, and uh, natural light to bring beauty to the church of Jesus Christ. But see, it's only the supernatural light that comes from evangelism that can bring the real beauty to the church of Jesus Christ. It's not by what you do in the natural that's the light of Jesus Christ. You can see this, uh, uh, you know, in the, uh, the uh, Amy Grant uh, scene. Here's Amy Grant, and she doesn't want to convert anybody. She just wants to use the name of Jesus and make herself a million bucks and get on the pop charts taking the light, supposedly, and, uh, and using it for selfish ambition, not for what it was used for. And uh, you may like Amy, but that's ugly. I'd rather listen to one of our groups that's got to use six boxes on their guitar to fake the fact that they even can't play. <laughs> And here's somebody trying to get somebody saved. Same old uh, words. Uh, uh, he gave me life. Uh, save me from sin and strife. Uh, uh, save me from sin if you ask him in. And, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> with somebody with a burden to get people saved.
never touch, amen, until she gets saved. Praise God. See, the, the wonderful thing about this light, about this candlestick, remember, this is what we're talking about in bringing light. We're talking about evangelism is that light, give that evangelism, the light of that candlestick, brings light to the other things that are in that holy place. See, it brings light to the table of showbread that we'll see uh, next week is a picture of fellowship. See, the, the thing of the church today is they will know we are Christians by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love, yes, they'll know. Well, the, what, what it says is, uh, and the picture of the tabernacle, is that uh, it doesn't work that way. It's not you just get really on fire fellowship and people are going to get saved. If we're just, uh, if uh, unity, you know, uh, that uh, uh, we may be one, uh, that they may be one as you are, are one, I are one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me. That if we just get all the Christians together under one roof uh, and we're all together, then just the whole world will just flood into the church and get saved. Well, that's not the picture in the tabernacle. The tabernacle gives us the exact opposite picture. Is as we're involved in evangelism, that will give significant and significance and beauty and reality, reality to our fellowship. Then our fellowship has substance to it. Our fellowship is not just the sloppy agape that, that is so often seen in the church world. It's not the fake, shallow, uh, smiley face experience, uh, but it's real and true and deep uh, because uh, we in, are involved in the purposes of God in evangelism. See, it's not by just having on-fire fellowship and you've got the greatest uh, uh, roast beef dinners uh, uh, in town and so people are going to come and get saved because uh, you, they see how we hug each other uh, and uh, give everybody holy kisses all the time. That's not how it happens. It's by being involved in evangelism. And then you see that uh, holy kisses and holy hugs is just an uh, excuse for lust. And uh, that's not really where uh, our fellowship is anyways. It's in co-laborers in the harvest field. Also, it brings significance to the altar of incense. The other heresy that's in the world today is a thing called overflow. That when we worship, and when we're involved in worship, then the overflow of that is just the people will come and get saved. That evangelism will flow out of our worship. That what we really need to be involved in is just worshiping God, just getting really good at worship. Just worship and worship, and then the evangelism will be an overflow of that. They pervert Acts chapter 13. They say, and they ministered unto the Lord, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I have called them. That somehow that as we worship, then God will tell us to go out and reach the world. Well, that was specific direction that was given. We praise God for that. But God had already said, Jesus had already said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. You don't need to have some uh, uh, heavy worship service to obey that. See, the picture of the 
uh, of the tabernacle is that evangelism, being involved in evangelism, is what gives beauty to our worship. It's being involved in seeing people saved and being able to worship God, the Redeemer, the Savior. Because also you've seen people saved. You've seen the Redeemer at work. The, your experience of God that has come as you've been involved in evangelism. See, you, the church world has these totally opposed. Either we've got to be involved in worship and then we'll see people saved or we'll be involved in fellowship and then we'll see people saved. But you and I have a command, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's how people will get saved, by us going outside of these four walls and telling people about Jesus. And then and only then will our worship have significance and our fellowship have significance. The Bible says the time is coming and now is when true worshipers shall worship in spirit and in truth. That our involvement in evangelism is part of the worship of God. Amen. Uh, comments? Brother Gandolfo. Amen. And that, the whole significance of what keeps that flow and that freshness is not by uh, uh, more seminars. It's not by uh, getting heavy teachers in. It's by uh, being involved in evangelism that causes us uh, to keep full of the Holy Ghost. It causes us to keep in the Word of God that the flow will come in evangelism. Excellent point. Brother uh, Hamilton. Yeah. Okay, I believe that the wicks are a picture of uh, the believer, okay, the individual believer, and that the part of what the priests needed to do, see, not only are these burning down in self-sacrifice, uh, but the uh, priests have uh, the trimmers that are here, the tongs uh, and uh, the snuff dishes that uh, where they are involved in trimming these wicks uh, to make sure that they can give light. See, it's part of the ministry uh, of uh, the uh, preacher to be involved in preaching the Word of God that brings a discipline to life, to bring encouragement to life, uh, that keeps these wicks trimmed, keeps the excess uh, uh, and keeps the ashes uh, from off those wicks that those wicks can burn. And so this is part uh, of what's involved. Excellent thought. Uh, Brother Louis. Okay, so there needs to be that relationship between the wick and the oil, drawing upon, sensing the, the dependency and the necessity that draws from that oil to see that light go. Brother Jim? Okay, good. Uh, is there any significance to the location of the uh, candlestick in the uh, how How do you mean? The... That it's on the left instead of the right, or the right, where the showbread is. Uh huh. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to find that out, brother. Do you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you had a question, comment. Amen. That uh, uh, we uh, smoking uh, 
uh, flax. He will not put out breeze root. He root <laughs> reed. He will not break. And um, there's the picture uh, of God and of the ministry that you and I. Uh, God's not into disqualifying people. That that uh, your your wick is uh, is a little uh, uh, smoldery and not given too much light. So you just rip it out and put a new one in. That's not what God's into. God's into and the purpose of the ministry is to trim that uh, and that might hurt sometimes, you know, snip and something that, that you held on to just gets cut off and or you're struggling against that. They're trying to cut you off and you're putting, no, no, I want to stay in, uh, sleep in an extra hour or, you know, I, I don't want to go to church every time and, and snip when you let that thing cut loose, uh, then God can bring forth that light. And so God's not into disqualifying. God's into qualifying. Excellent thought. Somebody else. Morgan. Praise the Lord. Then it's a, 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 the idea, too, of, of uh, uh, keeping, uh, keeping the oil, which is the real teaching of that, but also the uh, trimming the lamps that they can burn. Excellent. Anybody else? Thought before we move before we move on. Dave?